Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 37 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. This week's episode is titled, Hiking for Beginners, 10 Tips to Get You Started. Many of our listeners who listen to this podcast are experienced hikers uh, and know what to do, where to go, and what sort of equipment they need when they go hiking. But there are also a number of you who are either new to hiking or just starting out on hiking. And this podcast for this week is aimed squarely at you. It's aimed at providing the basics on getting you into hiking and to try and demystify it a bit just to make things easier than they actually can appear. We hope you enjoy. The first thing we're going to go through and talk about is equipment. Hiking, like any activity or sport, requires a certain amount of equipment to actually do it safely and to to provide a, a level of enjoyment. However, you don't necessarily need to go and spend a lot of money up front to get into hiking. And there are certainly some basics which we're going to talk about that will help you get started. So the first bit we're going to talk about is footwear. And um, for me, footwear is probably the most important thing that you can focus on. So footwear is really important. If you're not able to... um, access the right sort of footwear, um, it will really impact your enjoyment of uh, hiking. So what kind of footwear do you need? Well, when you're getting out, getting started, some sturdy footwear is is important and that can take all sorts of uh, forms. Uh, what I would suggest is that you, you give the leather hiking boots of old a bit of a miss, at least until you work out what kind of hiking that you're interested in um, and what you're committed to. Um, those sorts of boots can be uh, expensive, they're heavy, uh, and probably for most of the, the walking and hiking that people are doing, a little bit overkill. So what's a sturdy shoe? Well, it, it could be as simple as a sturdy uh, exercise shoe, running shoe cross trainer or something like that or it could be something specifically designed for hiking the main thing is that it it fits and it's comfortable uh, and it provides the the sort of support that you need for your own feet so there are lots of variations there are lots of options and uh, for this one it really comes down to fit and comfort and what's actually going to suit your particular need. The next piece of equipment we're going to talk about, and this is the obvious one for most people, is the pack. This is the home you carry on your back, which you carry all your equipment (laughs) in. Uh, And it's certainly, there are a huge range of packs available on the market. Um, However, what I would suggest is, when you first start out hiking, leave the pack until later. If you can, borrow the pack from a friend. 
use a pack you'll have around the house maybe just a small pack that you you carry on on trips or or on trips away or when you're going somewhere um, or hire a pack there are some hiking clubs and shops around the country that do actually hire equipment and it's worthwhile trying these things before you buy when you first start hiking you might only be doing something fairly short and it's no use carrying a very large pack of the capacity of around about 60 or 70 or 80 litres if all you're going to put in there is a couple of pieces of fruit and a bottle of water. (laughs) So, you know, think about what you're likely to need uh, just to go through and do the short uh, sort of hikes you're going to be starting with. As far as a piece of equipment is concerned, buying your pack is probably one of the last pieces that you actually want to purchase. Now, the reason I say this is when you go through and choose a pack, you choose a pack to fit what you're normally going to be carrying. So once you've become more experienced, you go on longer hikes, you're going on overnight hikes, you're going to need a bigger pack. But as I said, it's no good buying a big pack uh, to have it 80% empty for most of the time. Packs come in a range of sizes and they're normally sold by litres. So you'll buy a, p- a pack that's 40, 50, 60, 70 litres. And all the, co- all the different companies do things differently or call them slightly different things. Generally, when you buy a pack, you're buying a pack that suits the length of your torso and the, the diameter of your waist. Um, so while it may appear cheaper to buy things online, if you haven't tried a pack on before, it's probably better off to go into a store and actually try one on if you are actually going to be buying one. And just on that, when uh, we purchased our uh, original packs, I don't ever remember anybody saying to us uh, that, you know, the pack that we were purchasing was for a torso of particular length and a waist of a uh, a particular uh, circumference. Um, So you won't necessarily always get that guidance, but... For the places that you can get it, it's certainly important to be able to uh, take notice of what they're saying. Next item we're going to talk about is clothing. Um, in terms of clothing, it's really the absolute minimum that you're going to need uh, for the time you're going to be out hiking. Um, I'll make the assumption that when you're getting into hiking, when you're just starting out, you're going to be doing Uh, day hiking as opposed to overnight or multi-day hiking though you might progress to that so you need to be thinking about the uh, weather forecast and you need to be a watcher of the weather because you don't want to take the things that you don't need and you don't want to miss out on the things that you might need so the clothing is going to be important Uh, layering is important being able to put things on and take them off and make sure that they go together Uh, so you are again carrying the minimal amount but carrying the right sort of things that you might need and just on that um, hiking gear is fit for purpose Uh, it's sturdy it's robust uh, but you don't necessarily have to use hiking gear what I would say though is In terms of shirts, uh, avoid the cotton shirt. Um, It uh, if it gets wet, it'll stay wet. If uh, uh, you're sweating a lot, unless it's quite warm, uh, it won't dry easily. 
And likewise for things like jeans. Uh, uh, sometimes we see people hiking in jeans. They're really heavy. Uh, again, with the, uh, the moisture, if they get wet, they tend to stay wet and then they get even heavier. So that, they would be the two things that I would say to you. You don't have to buy hiking gear, but hiking gear is fit, fit for purpose. And for me personally, I tend to wear hiking gear when I'm not hiking. So I'm actually using it quite a lot uh, at times when uh, I'm not out on the trail. So for me, it's actually a good option um, and you know, I don't mind uh, spending the money that I do. Last piece of hiking equipment we're going to talk about today is hiking poles. Now, those new to hiking, if you've seen people walking around the bush before, a lot of people are using poles these days. This wasn't so common sort of 10 to 15 years ago. It's really been something that's taken off in the, in the last sort of 5 to 10 years, uh, and certainly more so uh, in, in, in the US uh, and Europe than, than Australia. Hiking poles are one of those things you either love them or you hate them, um, and for many people, they choose not to use them. For me personally, I have issues with my knees going downhill. I can go uphill, I can go on the flat, my knees are fine. Coming downhill with a heavy pack, the compressive load on my knees tends to cause me a bit of pain, and using hiking poles makes a big difference. Hiking poles also provide you with a bit of extra balance. So if you're having knee problems, if your balance is not so great, it's worthwhile getting hiking poles. But again, if you can, borrow some from friends to start with uh, and decide whether they're really for you or not. Now, one last thing I'll say before we move off equipment is wherever you are, you'll tend to find that a lot of the hiking stores in the larger towns and cities tend to congregate into, into very small areas. And it's not unusual in cities like Canberra, Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane to have three or four stores within sort of 50 or 100 metres of each other in one location. So it's worthwhile when you're first starting out, go into a number of stores, have a look at what's available, have a look at what you think you, you, you need to buy, talk to the staff at the stores and see what, um, what they're like. Really, you want to develop a good relationship with these, these staff members. They'll tend to recognize you. They'll, they'll realize what you're after. And they might be trying to do the hard sell. They'll, they'll hopefully be trying to sell you what you need rather than what they're trying to get rid of on the week. So as I said, choose a, a good store that you're happy with, whoever that happens to be, and develop a relationship with them. So the next item, the next tip that we're going to talk about is fitness. Now, fitness is a really interesting one. And uh, I have this theory that you need to be fit for the activity that you're going to undertake rather than expect that activity to get you fit. And I think hiking is quite like that. Um, but there are limits. Uh, you know, if uh, you're not going to be doing excessively long days day after day after day then your fitness for hiking doesn't need to encompass that kind of training and that kind of effort so what you need to do particularly when you're starting out is to be able to hike the distance that you're planning to hike on a regular basis and a little bit more and what I mean by that is if you're going to spend a day doing a 10 kilometer hike uh, with a small pack, then you should at least be able to do 
10 kilometers with a small pack and I'd suggest you need to be able to do just a little bit more um, distance with your small pack. So you're going a little bit beyond what you're planning to do in your preparation and in your fitness training, uh, but you don't have to be excessive about it. It's a little bit like uh, if you're a jogger, you don't have to train to be able to run a marathon if you're just going to run around the block a couple of times. So, you know, fit for purpose again, and this is a bit of a theme that we're going to have all the way through today, um, but you do need to do some exercise. Easiest way, best way is get out and do some walking. Uh, Do it at pace, uh, have some uh, load in your pack um, before you actually then start to carry your pack on the trail next thing we're going to go through and discuss is self-guided or guided by others and what we mean by this is there's a number of different options for getting out on the trail the most obvious one is going hiking with friends um, but if you you're one of these rare people that don't have friends that hike <laughs> or um, don't have friends don't have friends yeah <laughs> um, there are a couple of other options There are a number of very good hiking clubs around the country uh, and some of these have been going for quite a number of years and they'll be able to help you and look after you and help you get into hiking. One of the newer concepts in hiking over the last few years is the idea of meetup groups Uh, and these are organised online. Uh, You can generally find meetup groups in most cities and the larger larger regional centres. You can book on a hike. Uh, and go on to uh, go again go somewhere where someone is willing to guide you and look after you Um, it's the sort of thing that it really is you either like the group scene or you don't now I like hiking as a solo hiker I like hiking with Jill that's my that's really my preference I'm not a big fan of hiking in large groups and that's just personal choice so as a result I tend to prefer to do my own thing. And if you're just starting out and that's what you want to do, that's fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. The main thing with her, if if you are hiking on your own, um, Jill's going to talk in a minute about choosing trails. Pick trails that are easy. um, Let people know where you're going and let them know when you're coming back. And just as importantly, once you've come back, tell them you've come back. So that way, if you uh, haven't returned four hours after you're supposed to, uh, someone can start getting worried and people can come looking for you. And just in terms of uh, finishing off the self-guided aspect, um, you know, I think that we mentioned when we were doing the podcast on Lara Pinta, uh, the thing that really perhaps surprised us, certainly pleased us was the number of people who were hiking alone and this is you know 14 15 16 days um, hiking alone and mostly uh, what was also quite encouraging was uh, other hikers were starting to look out for and to um, I guess keep an eye on uh, those who were hiking alone to make sure that they were making progress that they said that they were making and that they were going to be turning up in the sorts of places that were turning up. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a scary thing to be out doing a self-guided hike. So next one is choosing a trail. And 
you know, this is a really easy, easy one. Um, it does connect up with your fitness, so try not to do something that's beyond your current fitness level. Um, but for most people, there are a whole range of options available to them that are quite close to home. So you don't even necessarily um, have to turn it into, you know, some big and great adventure. Um, the urban hikes, the urban walks that are around most towns and most cities um, are fantastic to get you out there and to get you uh, get you started and also to give you your confidence about, uh, you know, just what you might experience, the distances that you're covering, how you might feel, uh, gear that you might need or not need, uh, level of fitness not, you might need to develop or not develop. So some great options, uh, check, check them out. You don't have to drive for hours and hours. Um, you'll be surprised at how many are in your reasonably, you know, close proximity um, to uh, where you would normally go. So choosing a trail, uh, keep it simple, keep it relatively short and build up as you go. Uh, so there's no point starting with a 20 kilometer trail in one day uh, if you've done nothing at all Um, in terms of uh, range of options make sure that you give yourself some time to look around as well so you know hiking is about being out in the bush and uh, you know enjoying what's there you don't have to push yourself so hard you get to see nothing uh, or push yourself so hard by picking such a, a long trail you need to move much faster than you would otherwise or need to to actually enjoy the environment that you're operating in. If you're not sure of where to find information on trails, certainly on our website we have a lot of information on hikes based around the Canberra region and New South Wales South Coast as well as some of the the larger hikes around the country. But you'll find that there'll be websites, uh, including national park websites in your local state, that'll have information on trails that you can go through and find something easy that's close by to you. Now, the next thing we're going to go through and talk about is water. Water is a really obvious one on the trail, and we tend to think about it certainly when it's hot in, in summertime, but it's also essential to carry in wintertime. So you should never really go on a hike without carrying or having access to some water. If you know that you're going to be walking on a trail where there are regular water sources uh, as you're going and and you, you are guaranteed that those water sources are there, that's fine. Then you can get away without carrying water. But for most of us, we tend not to have that luxury. We think there's water there. It may or may not be there and it's safe to carry it some with you just in case. The amount of water is really going to vary on a number of things. It's going to depend on the temperature, um, how much you're exerting yourself, um, the, um, the level of fitness, uh, if whether you're going to be sweating a lot. Uh, and it, it's the sort of thing where you, you, it, you've, you've got to try and make a guess somehow. And my recommendation would be in wintertime or in the cooler months, uh, I'd be carrying about one litre for every 10 kilometres. In summertime, I take that to about one litre every hour. Uh, now, my average walking speed, it really depends to it really depends on what I'm doing. But if I work on around about five kilometres an hour, uh, it means uh, in uh, 
in wintertime, it's basically one litre every two hours. In summertime, it's, it could be, uh, uh, you know, it, it is down to one litre an hour just to be on the safe side. And this is something that you'll learn about yourself as you increase in experience and learn what your water requirements are. Be careful, though, that sometimes you forget to drink. Um, and this is where people can actually have problems. Uh, they, uh, they don't drink enough. Uh, and they just think, oh, yep, yeah, I'm only another 20 minutes away. Sometimes you need that water, particularly when it's hot. And I think the thing to remember is the recommendations are that we drink two to three litres of water a day. Um, if you are not drinking so much while you're hiking, that's a whole lot of water that you need to fill up on uh, before you start hiking and recover at the end of the day when you finish hiking. So it's always preferable to do smaller bits during the day rather than load up before and after. Next thing we're going to talk about is food. Uh, and food is essential. No matter how short your, your hike is going to be, you need to keep your energy levels up and you also need to uh, keep your concentration levels up and food's essential for that and sometimes I think we uh, downplay and uh, we tend to go long periods uh, when we're out and about uh, without refueling Um, when you're hiking it's best not to do that so what kind of food well it needs to be the sort of stuff that you like and you enjoy Uh, that's always helpful Um, that might seem obvious but sometimes you know when people get into uh, things like uh, energy bars and uh, high protein and and high calorie uh, manufactured products, they're not always as nice as they could be. So, you know, you think you're doing a great thing, but you're just not really enjoying it. Um, need to have high calorie uh, foods, things like macadamia nuts, uh, trail mix. Um, you know, there's a whole range of options you can choose for. My suggestion would be two things. Make sure that you enjoy them and make sure that you have just a little bit more than you think you might need, just in case. Yeah, and one of the things here, it's so easy to fill up on things like Mars bars or, or, or sugar confectionery. Um, it, while that's fine, that's, that's not all you want to be carrying. It's good to have some healthier food. On day hikes in particular, it's quite easy to carry things like pieces of fruit. It becomes a bit harder on longer hikes. Uh, one thing I would suggest, though, is pack the fruit carefully. It's so easy for it to get bruised and damaged. <laughs> or get um, mushy at the bottom get of mushy, your Yeah, and that's not unusual. And you're probably better off keeping away from the softer fruits. So don't carry bananas or, or peaches or plums. Uh, almost without fail, these things tend to get squashed. Uh, and you end up with with mushed fruit all through your through your uh, your pack, uh, and you don't have anything to eat. Uh, so you know the, the more solid, robust pieces of uh, uh, of snacks are good, and dried fruit's pretty wonderful as well. Um, now we've we've talked about food and water. One of the reasons that we we're so lucky in Australia is we've got a, a quite a good range of wildlife that's pretty common on most of the hikes we do. Certainly for us in the Canberra region, just about every hike we, we almost ever do, we tend to come across kangaroos or wallabies uh, to some extent. 
And recently we've been hiking in the Tidbin Bella Nature Reserve just outside of Canberra. Yeah, and it's almost like you've got to brush the kangaroos aside to, to walk <laughs> along the trail. There's, there's that many of them. Uh, and they're well fed as well, so they tend to be fairly tame. And, and when you approach them and you hope that they're going to move away so you can continue your walk, so you pause and then they just sit there and look at you. <laughs> we did that the other day. <laughs> So we're pretty lucky in that respect that there's quite a lot to see as far as wildlife is concerned. And this is one of the reasons that people like getting out, is to see what see the wildlife. In addition to the cute and cuddly stuff, Australia's also got some fairly dangerous stuff around. And, and in particular, new hikers tend to worry about snakes. Now, snakes, on average, are just as afraid of you as you are of them. They would prefer to get out of your way. So, you know, particularly in well-used trails, snakes, while they can be seen, aren't so common. For Jill and I, we tend to do a lot of hiking in the remote areas around Canberra, and these areas are classed as wilderness areas, and snakes tend to be fairly common. Um, in fact, I did a, a hike the day before Christmas last year, and I came across about five snakes on, in, you know, within this fairly short period of time. And that was something I actually expected, knowing this area reasonably well. Um, if you see a snake, just stop, let it move on and let it get out of your way. If it's asleep in the middle of the trail, this is where something like a hiking pole or a walking stick might be good, not to hit the snakes with, but just to thump, thump the ground. And snakes tend to feel by vibrations, so normally your, your approaching movement or approaching footsteps will scare them away. Um, but just take things slowly. Keep an eye out for where you're putting your feet, particularly if you're in areas where it's fairly tall grass. Uh, and this is, an, as I said, this is another advantage of carrying hiking poles that they can go in front of you and help sort of provide a bit of warning to any wildlife that happens to be there. So the next thing we're going to focus on is making memories. Uh, to do this, you need to spend some time looking around and uh, in this world of uh, selfies and uh, taking pictures on your mobile phone uh, for just about any reason whatsoever, um, out hiking is probably one of the best reasons to be out taking photos. Um, so make sure you take some photos, make sure that you, you know, you you're having a look around where you are, you're taking your time in certain spots, uh, not just when you're stopping for a break or you're having lunch, but as you go, um, you'll see all sorts of things. Uh, it's always nice to be able to remind yourself of what you saw um, and, you know, maybe you might even enthuse some friends and some family members to get into hiking if you show them some really nice photos along the way. And for those of you with grandparents, this is payback time of all the slideshows you, you were forced to watch as a young child. That's right. Um, and you don't need a fancy camera. Um, mobile phones are fantastic. Smartphones are fantastic for taking, you know, really good quality um, pics of all sorts of things from big to small. Okay, there's a saying in hiking called pack it in, pack it out. And this tends to be more in the American long distance trails, but certainly it's applicable here. And what we mean by that is treat the environment with respect and don't leave rubbish lying around. Normally you want to go out and see a pristine environment and so does everybody else. 
So if you're, you're eating a, um, a chocolate bar or a muesli bar and you throw the, the wrapper on the ground, it's not going to decompose. It tends to create a, a hazard for, for wildlife. Uh, and, it, and it's also not particularly attractive as well. So any rubbish that you take in, uh, bring back out with you. So it's worthwhile having a, a, a Ziploc bag or, or a plastic bag. You can put some garbage in with, uh, into your pack. That also goes a bit deeper than that. And it includes things like uh, such as, um, you know, don't bother the wildlife, uh, don't take things out of the bush. So if you see uh, interesting plants or rocks or whatever, don't collect them and take them out. Typically, it's somebody or something's home. Uh, so leave things as you find them. So that's the leave no trace principles that, uh, uh, that is so often talked about in hiking. And Tim was talking about uh, wrappers from um, chocolate bars and those sorts of things. Um, but also if you're eating organic things like uh, fruit, don't don't leave your leftover apple core. Um, you know, don't don't leave uh, the bit of fruit that you just happen to drop on the ground. Um, you're probably not going to be hiking in pristine areas, uh, certainly uh, as a start. But it's good practice to get into to just gather up everything and not leave anything at all behind. The last thing we're going to talk about is navigation. And uh, this is really a little bit of a controversial one um, because people say, well, if you're going to go hiking, you need to be able to use a compass, uh, read a map, and you need to be able to find your way in and out. The reality is if you're getting started, then you're not going to be walking in the sorts of places where that is going to be absolutely critical. Um, So my suggestion is don't worry. But you do need to pay attention, okay? You do need to work out where you're going to go. You need to be watching where you're going. You need to be looking around where you are. And you also need to be looking at where you've been. So that's sort of... I guess the, the, the first basics of navigation, uh, know where you are and what it looks like, um, but in terms of developing your skills at this stage, you don't have to worry too much about that. I would also say that we're really, really lucky, uh, particularly on the urban trails um, and the urban hikes that people uh, are doing just about every weekend, um, the signage and the guidance is really, really good. We rarely, when we're doing a short hike, we rarely wonder whether we should go left or right at this moment in time. The guidance uh, that uh, happens through park services, through national parks and so on is very, very good. So, you know, you can worry about a bunch of things, but probably don't worry about that. I think the other thing with navigation as well is um, if you're hiking close to a a town or a city and you still have phone reception, there are a number of very good apps uh, that you can actually use to to find your way. Um, Both Apple and Samsung phones will come with standard uh, uh, things like Google Maps, uh, which will uh, um, at worst will get you back to where you started. Uh, there are a number of hiking-based apps that, which you can download uh, that will show where you are. 
So um, while you don't want to rely on those sort of things for longer, more complex hikes, it's certainly a, a help when you're first starting out. Um, and having your phone with you, make sure the battery is fully charged. If in an emergency, you can actually call some help if you need to. Uh, we'll actually go through and put a link on uh, the written version of this podcast. Uh, and it's a, an emergency app. Uh, and, and it's designed that if you really get into trouble, you can actually go through and place a call. Uh, and the app will tell you exactly where you are. So you can read the directions to uh, the triple uh, the O operators. So that's our 10 tips. Um, just as a, a wrap-up, um, what what I'd like to highlight is that sometimes we think about the sorts of things uh, that uh, we need for a particular activity and we can be a bit excessive or maybe a bit obsessive about certain things. And, um, y- you know... If you keep it simple, if you really challenge yourself about do I really need this, do I really need something else for the kind of activity that I'm going to undertake, I'm certainly not suggesting that you be uh, casual and uh, non-thinking about it, but I think you need to question and question why you think uh, something might be useful. Um if after that questioning you go, yeah, I'll, I'm going to carry this, I'm going to take this, I'm, I'm not going to go without this, then that's good. But you might find that there, there are moments when things are a little bit of overkill. Um, and, you know, for some of the, the hiking uh, that we do when we've done lately, um, short hiking, I, I don't worry about carrying a pack. You know, if we're going for, you know... Uh, six to ten kilometres, um, if it's going to be a few hours. Uh, I let Tim carry all the gear. <laughs> um, the downside of that is I need to be harassing him for my water, so that's probably the only negative of that. Um, but, yeah, really think about what you need. And if it's going to become a barrier to you getting out there, you need to question why you're thinking about um particular things because nothing should be a barrier to you getting out there okay so we've gone through and looked at the these 10 basic tips that are hopefully be of help to you to and get you out on the trail and really that's what it's all about um, don't be put off by barriers or being told it's too difficult or worrying about having to have too much gear start with the basics first do the really easy sort of trails and build up from there. As we've said, there are a lot of good trails within cities, Sydney, Melbourne, Canberra, Brisbane, you name it. There are trails that are inside the cities that you can actually go through and do. So don't be afraid to use these on the basis that someone might say that's not real hiking. And as the distances also are applicable as well. We just did a a review to walk uh, this week that was only 600 metres long. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and it's not going to be the sort of thing you're going to take a tent and and, and overnight pack with. But for people who, you know, as a second hike of the day or for people people who are there waiting for their, their more enthusiastic family members to come back, it's a good starting point for them and it might get them enthused as well. So short hikes, long hikes, doesn't really matter. And that, that hike was the Hanging Rock hike, and 
add-on to the Ashbrook fire trail. Um, it, it actually took us quite, that 600 metres took us a long time to, to do because we stopped a lot on the way. And uh, that's the other thing about, you know, all of this. Um, the, the length of your hike uh, isn't necessarily the measure of how successful it is it's what you've exposed yourself to along the way and what you've learned along the way and uh, what you've seen that you probably wouldn't have seen otherwise now as a reminder this episode is available uh, to be read in a written form from our website it's available from download from itunes stitcher radio soundcloud uh, and also through our website itself Um, And to help us get the message out there, please go through and rate us on iTunes. Our next regular episode in two weeks' time is titled The Ten Essentials. And this is the supposedly essential gear that everybody should carry all the time when they go hiking. Um, But how essential are they going to be? We'll see in two weeks' time. Okay, we hope you've enjoyed. That's all for today's episode. Bye for now. And bye from me.